Welcome to this week's episode of Relaunch My Life Radio. Well, I'm pretty excited to share this interview with you guys this week. I finally got to sit down with the elusive Paul Lucio, my partner in business and life, and the owner of Evolve Mind and Body Coaching. He teaches NLP, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. And today I picked his brain about all things hypnosis. So you're going to learn a lot about how to get what you want in life, how to really master your connection between your conscious and unconscious mind, and a few cool tips and examples to help you really understand more about what hypnosis is and how it can help you heal. Welcome to Relaunch My Life Radio. I'm your host, Juliet Lever, and a few years ago, I personally relaunched my own life from being a workaholic, alcoholic, and chocoholic to now living a life of my own design. I'm on a mission to free you from an unfulfilling job or passionless life. And so with 10-minute tips and 30-minute interviews and stories to tune into, Tune in to Relaunch My Life Radio to discover your highest potential and feel inspired to live a life of zero regrets. If you want more, be sure to hit subscribe and visit us at www.relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. Well, I'm sitting here today with a very special guest. I'm so excited to finally be interviewing the beautiful Paul Alicio about all things hypnosis today. So first of all, Paul, how are you feeling? How are you going today? I'm going really well. I'm really excited to be on. It's been a while in the making, I think, and it's yeah, going to be fun. Yeah, there's been a lot of different topics that we've considered talking about on this podcast, but I'm excited to talk about hypnosis because in the last month, you've literally trained about 40 students in mm-hmm. hypnotherapy around Australia. So it's, um, it's a huge topic and we're going to try and fit as much as we can into 30 minutes but perhaps for everyone listening tell us like why you teach hypnosis why hypnosis okay cool so um first i will get into a little bit of why i got into it which you know is basically um for myself in my late teens early 20s i was going through a lot uh, mentally emotionally and physically and keep a long story short basically um stumbled across some self-hypnosis type books and started working on doing some progressive relaxation and helping myself through affirmations and relaxing my body. And by shifting my internal world, that allowed me then to uh, be a lot more calm, a lot more present, a lot more relaxed, and that's changed everything for me because I was suffering from a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, and a lot of things like that. And by doing that internal work, it basically allowed me to handle the outside world a lot better. So that was really the catalyst for me. And but that, then, and that was a long time ago. Like that wasn't. This is becoming a lot more mainstream nowadays. But yeah. this is like what 15, 20 years ago now. Uh, yeah. Every time I say it, it gets further and further back. But it was probably something around that distance. Mm-hmm. And then basically, the more I studied hypnosis, like there's lots of different stuff out there, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But basically, I realized that most of what we do and how we interact with ourselves and other people is hypnotic in nature. And so when you understand that the basis of all language, the basis of all thinking and emotions and uh, what we're doing and saying to ourselves basically is influencing ourselves and other people, you realize the power of it. And um, I really want to share with people how to make the most of that and how it can go right if you do it well and if it can go wrong if you're not doing it well. Mm, definitely. So just backtrack a little bit. You said all language is hypnosis. What do you mean? Okay, cool. So um, let me kind of keep it simple, but basically... Every time you have a conversation with someone, for you to understand what they're saying, you have to create your own internal 
representation or pictures, sounds, feelings, and thoughts based on whatever they're talking about. So if I said, this morning I went for a walk with my dog and we're walking down the street and a red car stopped in front of us and now the red car jumped a clown with balloons in his hands, all these different color balloons. In your mind, to understand that, you have to have made at some level some pictures around that. And that those pictures will have certain associations based on your past experience with cars, with dogs, with clowns, with all those kind of things. So we're always running things consciously and unconsciously and at an unconscious level, whenever you're communicating with people, you're affecting them and they're affecting you. So um, that's one of the byproducts of language. For you to understand someone else, you have to put yourself in their shoes in a certain way and, and experience what they're saying for you to understand it. Mm. And so understanding how we're talking to ourselves and as you said, on your own journey, when you changed your internal world, that's when things really started to shift for you. So, yeah. So then you know the did you want to continue a bit about why you got into it no so the the people that are listening to this and thinking wait hang on isn't hypnosis making people cluck like a chicken and do stupid stuff on stage yeah so that is one world of hypnosis and obviously uh clinical and sort of therapeutic hypnosis owes a lot to the stage hypnosis because in the early days of hypnosis well basically hypnosis goes all the way back to civilization like we talked about with communication but in terms of things like shamanism, old forms of healing like mesmerism or some of the things that were done with magnets and you know a lot of the old uh, styles of energetic healing, they're all very hypnotic in nature. So we can go all the way back there in terms of how long hypnosis has been part of the culture. But basically, the stage hypnosis really emerged when the healing form hypnosis kind of got shunned in the in the stages where the medical community started coming in and they started you know pushing that away and saying that you couldn't do it and it wasn't safe and all these kind of things for a lot of reasons um and i might even brush on them but then the stage hypnosis kind of kept it popular and people were really entertained and enthralled by it and that started keeping people interested in hypnosis which then once the medical community realized the healing power of hypnosis and actually made it um you know cool to, for people to practice as long as they got the right level of healing uh, certifications and all those kind of things then that kept hypnosis alive and i think the stage hypnosis and some of the things on tv get people interested in the power of it because they see what's possible with it and then they want to know more and they go well if they can make someone do things like that can they help me quit smoking or can it help me let go of emotional stuff from the past or can it help me be more present more focused on my goals and dreams and those kind of things and so there's a place for it uh, some of the components of the stage hypnosis once understood make you a better therapist but also like I know a lot of stage people, well not a lot, but a few of them that are really great on stage, but they don't have the confidence in the healing context. So whether or not, you know, being a great stage hypnotist makes you a great therapist, that's not always true. But once you understand what, how the stage hypnosis works, and I know that you went and saw one with me recently, obviously mm -hmm. once studying hypnosis, you understand how it's to put together the mechanics of it and how, you know, the dynamic of the stage performance really changes everything. Uh, 100% and I feel like it's two completely different methodologies like yeah. stage hypnosis versus therapeutic and I feel like the therapeutic hypnosis and what you taught me five years ago uh, you know that is profound mm. and it's almost like sacred and I had a bit of a reaction to the stage hypnosis thinking oh no this is you know this is ruining what could potentially be an avenue because I think it scares people a bit. yeah it does in some way and I think once you went back and saw it, you saw what he was doing and how he was doing different hypnotic techniques to build up with the crowd mm. but I think once you realize how powerful it is and what's possible with it that kind of opens up the door and um yeah 
what I say to people is you can make people cluck like a chicken, you can make people do all these things, but most people don't need hypnosis to do that. Yeah. So what I say is, for me, that's like um, a waste of talent. It's like a fireman saving a cat out of a tree. You can do it, but you know they're better off putting out fires, doing saving people's lives. And same with hypnosis. You know, it's so powerful. You can do things like you know funny comedy stage stuff, or you can change someone's life, let them let go of something from the past, or help them to really you know change how they feel in the present and all of those things. And I think that for me, that's what I'm more drawn to. Like I like it for teaching and also helping people to let go of things and, you know, be in control of their mind. And and so talking about teaching, like the, the practitioner course that you teach is unlike any other hypnosis training out there. What, is, what have you really focused on in your course and what do you think is important to help people when they're studying hypnosis? Cool. So initially, like I said, my first sort of interaction with hypnosis was doing some self-hypnosis and I found that fantastic because I could experience it in the moment, I could feel my body relaxing, I feel my mind relaxing and as the body became more relaxed, the mind became more relaxed and that carried out throughout the day, you know. So I was really excited to know more about that and what really got me to dive back into it again was looking at, you know, my clients that I was dealing with and I was working with a lot of physical people on a physical level and I was doing a lot of exercise-based stuff and nutrition and lifestyle-based stuff and I could see that people were stuck mentally emotionally and that's what you know it didn't matter how much exercise i gave them or how i gave them a nutritional lifestyle plan the ones that got the results were the ones that had the mindset shift and they had an emotional shift and they had enough reason to do it so i went back into learning hypnosis again with people and what i found was a lot of the hypnosis out there was very script based it was very limited and um, i sometimes make the joke in my classroom like i pick up a book and i hold it between me and a person and i say you are getting sleepier and sleepier and that's what I basically learned and there's a place for it script based hypnosis is a good starting block but it's very limited it's very uh, it, it, it stops you from connecting with your client and you kind of one-size-fit-all approach and if someone comes in with something that's not on the paper and and you know you just don't know if it's really right for them because it's you know a text cookie cutter approach so the style I use is a lot more dynamic the client is actually the expert and they know everything about their problem and they also come with a solution. What I say is a client walks in the door with their problem and solution, they always come in pairs. You know, you can't have one without the other. So the client kind of steers the session and the coaches and therapists that I train work really dynamically with the client and working with the client's unconscious mind because we're basically, the client comes in conscious of the problem, but they're unconscious of the solution. So what we do is help them to realize that they always have the solution with them. And as we get them connect with what they're deleting, distorting, and generalizing, which is usually the things that they need to resolve what they think the issue is, then magic happens. So we have a whole heap of tools and techniques for that. And it's a very dynamic framework. It's, it's very unrestrictive. It helps people to kind of have a lot more fun and not be stuck to a becoming a parrot, just reading the same thing off a piece of paper, which you know I couldn't really do. And that's why I kind of stood away from that pretty quickly because reading was never my strong point, even though I've developed the skills over time. But I really found doing the same thing every day and you know, it just wasn't how I found, wasn't a good style of therapy for me. Mm. So finding more things and more ways to make it a dynamic sort of interaction was really powerful. And then I've just kind of built my training around that. Mm. And, you know, it's amazing because obviously we both teach NLP and NLP is such an amazing way of, I think, consciously being able to shift the subconscious. And it's almost mm. like with hypnosis, it's the sub bringing the subconscious into the conscious. Yeah, so well, it's, it's nice... kind of the same thing with a different hat on. Mm. So a lot of the NLP concepts come from hypnosis and vice versa. And what I say is, you know, some people need a bit more of the conscious mind 
and some people need like don't mind they just want to get the, the job done so both kind of work really nicely together as well and nlp has a bit more structure for those people that are that way inclined and hypnosis the way i teach it, is a lot more framework based and a lot more dynamic so it's a little bit unrestrictive and both you know can kind of fit together because i remember you know back you know five or six years ago when i studied it with you i had been to a hypnotherapist and i actually pedestaled the hypnotherapist that i went to because the mm. profound healing that i had i thought there's no way i could ever do that with or for anyone else and then when you suggested that i study the hypnotherapy course i thought no you know i don't want to be a hypnotherapist that's way too hard too scary to you know all of those mm. things and then it wasn't until i went through the training that the way that it was layered in i realized like i can do this and you can be you can really help people to create change with the skills that you're giving people. and what's really funny is people have all these ideas around like people bringing up their deepest darkest secrets and that's really not true in hypnosis i mean we can find things that people maybe have you know forgotten about in the past and whatever but what i say to people is people are coming to us therapy anyway like your friends to the stuff that's wrong with them in their life they, they dump they dump emotional yeah. stuff on you yeah. um especially if you're the kind of person that's drawn to these kind of things you tend to be the coach slash therapist friend anyway mm. and so people will cry in front of you they'll tell you their stuff but now you've actually got a vehicle to help them if it's appropriate like i say to people don't go out and just you know work your magic on everyone because then people just are calling you up when shit's going wrong and that's okay it has its place too but what i found was you know that was happening to me when people only call you when bad stuff's happening right so yeah, your people are coming to you with problems anyway, and you're having a lot of things like not you personally, but you know people tend to have things come up in their life. So, wouldn't it be great to have a skill set that can help you to number one understand what's going on for you and, and make some shifts if you need to, but number two help other people, and then you know if you do want to become a coach and therapist to be able to get paid to do what you do naturally anyway. Mm, and so it's really a, just like we've talked about with NLP as well is like it's so powerful just for people themselves to learn it not necessarily yeah. to become a coach and this is what's really interesting because the way i teach it i kind of break down like how we learn language and teach and install the hypnotic language into the students and what they tend to find is they go out into the world and they basically hear that all language is structured hypnotically because that's the way it has to work right and so that means. <laughs> yeah yeah well this is and then we get into the language patterns but they'll go home and they'll listen to the tv they'll watch their friends and family and people will say things like i can't do this because this which means this and this that and when this happens and they're all the hypnotic linking words and they'll realize that every excuse every problem every reason or whatever people have they're hypnotically reinforcing that to themselves and the same thing for what they want in life and so once they realize that the dynamic nature of this you kind of see everyone as a hypnotist mm. and then you can kind of choose who do you actually take suggestions from and who do, who do you not and this is what i say to people like growing up our parents were our primary hypnotists right and then obviously primary like school everything that went through that sort of phase and everything we saw on tv everything that happened in our world was you know especially in the early imprinting period was basically structuring how we think and how we experience the world and a lot of that may have not been useful and may not be useful moving forward so i have this little bit of a sort of example that i give as a kid i used to wear ninja turtles clothes right and have you know transformers tops and hats and all those and they might be really awesome and i might still want to wear them right but if i was still wearing the size that i had as a kid that would be very uncomfortable and restrictive so you might still want some of the things that you liked as a kid or you want moving forward but you need to upgrade and if, you, if you're still restricted by the model of the world or the, the programming you had as a kid, then that might be very limiting. Mm. So you might want to make some adjustments and, you know, what you learned at the time as a kid, you might want to change it completely. Because a lot of the things that people say in passing or that you heard at school, like a lot of students have blocks around, you know, things that were said to them, you can't remember, you can't learn, you're this, this and that. 
but that's just programming. That's a form of hypnosis. And if a teacher or a parent said that to you as a kid, they're, they're who we are looking up to. And that's, we think that what they're saying is true. And that can be a hypnotic sort of belief that gets installed. And then we see the world that way. So some of those things maybe aren't useful any, for you anymore. And they might be worth sort of clearing and, and creating a model that you decide that what you want to do and see if that fits you for a while. And you can change that again. Because once you have the tools, you can always be upgrading. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people say we upgrade our phones all the time, but we don't upgrade our mindset. So if you're still running on MS-DOS and you're still running like Atari 64, Nintendo 64 kind of programming, when you have all the ability to have all these really cool things possible, then you're probably limiting yourself more than you need to. Mm. So the people that are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, I'm really curious in learning more about this. Yeah. You've got a one-day workshop happening Yeah, so I used to run a one-day self-hypnosis and meditation workshop and it was hugely popular, but then I got busy and haven't run it for a long time. And I had people wanting to do something that wasn't the full practitioner training because they want to kind of know what it's about and never experience hypnosis. So what I teach is a one-day workshop which helps you to kind of understand a bit about hypnosis, what it is, what it isn't how to do it for yourself and start to really put yourself in a nice relaxed state to, you know, so you can quiet your body and also quiet your mind. A lot of people, what tends to happen is it's that kind of metaphor of having a bucket full of muddy water and if the mud is kind of floating around and you, you keep moving it, it's not going to settle. But once you kind of put yourself in that relaxed state, all the dirt kind of falls to the bottom and everything kind of clears. So a lot of people don't know how to relax their body or mind. And so we teach how to get yourself out of that fight or flight you know, sympathetic dominance, which a lot of people are stuck in these days and how to put yourself into a rest, digest, parasympathetic state, which then can help you to heal, help you can you know, be more creative and, and get stuck out of that, those thought loops. So we have a lot of techniques for that. And then also we teach you how to turn the self-hypnosis into meditation because I know a lot of people are into meditations. So how to get deep, like really nice uh, quality meditation and they have a lot of different techniques in the course as well. And then we talk about how to do visualizations in a way that works and how to do affirmations in a way that works. So sometimes if you do that in a certain way, it can kind of make things worse. So there's a whole heap of tools and techniques. And basically the way I teach it is that you know how to do it so well that you'll be able to do it for yourself anytime. Um, I kind of steer people through on the first like half of the day, but then the second half of the day, you know it inside and out, you've done it that many times that you can do it for yourself and get to a nice, real deep, relaxed state quite easily and a lot of people say it's one of the most relaxing days I've ever had. We get into some breathing techniques as well. It's a real uh, action-packed day but it's super peaceful, super relaxing and you're going to have a life skill that you can use forever basically after that. Sounds amazing. So that's on the 11th of August? Yeah, Adelaide. I've got one coming up in Adelaide the 11th of August and um, haven't got anything else planned for the rest of the year but I really am excited for this workshop because I, people loved it before and I haven't taught it for a while so I'm excited to teach it again. Yeah, so click the link in the web in the podcast link and in the, the website in the show notes if you want to come along to that there's still some tickets available yeah so i'm curious because you know i think there's still some people listening to this that they might not be able to really still imagine what hypnosis is so like what is hypnosis okay so there's um depending on whose definition and what you're looking at so there's a couple things you want to sort of split in half here so there's trance there's hypnosis and there's also suggestibility. And all those things are different, okay? So some people can have hypnotic phenomenon, like where they forget numbers, uh, they you know can't move their body and all these kind of things, which are, can be the things that you do in hypnosis, but they don't need to be in a deep trance to get those things. So you've probably walked, walked into the kitchen and completely forgot what you were even there for, or someone asked you a question about something you know you know well, and then you couldn't even remember. So there, 
what would be considered deep trance phenomenon, but then you sometimes don't even need a trance to do that, okay? So this is where a lot of the old school approaches of having depth scales and stuff like that, where they quantify how deep someone is in trance, you know, they really don't fit that model, right? So that's one thing to consider. And obviously as well, there's different kinds of trances or altered states. And throughout my hypnosis practitioner training, we have lots of different ways to experience trance. So, you know, we have ones that kind of mind bend a bit more. There's ones that are more like a physical kind of experience and there's ones that are emotional experiences. So this is one that everyone listening to this will probably understand. You've probably been in an argument with someone before. And when you're in an argument with someone, they tend, you might've said, or they've said to you, you're acting like a child, right? And this is really common because when people get an emotional response, they tend to regress back to past time in their life where they were, you know, had an, that emotion come up and they haven't really integrated or resolved that conflict or issue. So they tend to act like, you know, like a child or a teenager, depending on where that came from. They don't like, they're not in that situation as a logical, rational adult. So this is one of the trances that people experience. All emotions are unconscious responses. So if you're having an emotional response, you're going into a trance. So you don't see the world clearly, you're seeing it through that altered state. So um, when people first hear that, they're kind of like, wow, I didn't realize that. And they can look out in the world and see that. Like, people just don't act like a rational adult. So these are one, one thing that, you know, if you can understand, you can actually do a lot with. And we have techniques to help people with these things and help obviously clear the emotions. So when the external trigger happens again, they can be a logical adult and not get caught up in that sort of cycle. So, you know, that's that. But then there's also suggestibility. So suggestibility and, um, you know, looking out at the world, let me give you some common examples. There's people that you see as authority. So like doctors, police officers, parents, teachers, etc. And if you're walking down the street and a police officer said, you know, go back in your house, you'd probably do it because they're a police officer and you'd automatically accept their suggestions. But if you're walking down the street and some random sort of person was walking past and told you to do that, you might not believe them. So suggestibility is a phenomenon in hypnosis that as a therapist, we really want because we want our clients to follow suggestions. And the more they follow suggestions, the better their results are going to be. So this is where in hypnosis, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And a coach or therapist can't get you to do something that you're not willing to do. So if they tell you to close your eyes, if you don't close your eyes, then they can't, they're talking to themselves basically. So if they say close your eyes and take a breath, if you do that, you're going into the process. I'm so suggestive. <laughs> I'm just doing that right now. <laughs> so, you know, you have to go with the process. And if they're asking you to do things, the more you go with the process, the better the results are going to be. But if any stage of the process you're not following the suggestions, then they're basically talking themselves and you're resisting. So we have tools to help people to do that. But it's really important that people realize that you're always in control when hypnosis is happening. And, you know, you would never do something that you wouldn't want to do. It's always something that you have a choice in each step of the way. And why would someone choose not to let something go? Okay, so there's a few reasons. Sometimes there's an unconscious kind of secondary gain. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, for example, common one, people want to quit smoking. But they may have some things around smoking that they feel like if they let go of, they'd lose out. Like maybe they don't have time to relax. Maybe they don't have something for themselves or a way to get out of being at work. Um, for some people, smoking can be as sort of weird as... That's how they feel connected to a family member or a, like, you know, that reminds them of like one example that I worked with years ago was a lady. She felt safe when my family parents were arguing as a kid. She'd run back to her granny flat and she'd walk into it and she'd smell the smell of cigarettes, which is what her grandma used to do. So whenever she had stress in her life, she would smoke cigarettes because it would help so her to feel safe. Yeah. So there's sometimes yeah. things like that. 
And this is what's really cool about hypnosis. You kind of find out what the root causes are for things and help people to deal with them instead of just band-aiding things and, uh, you know, giving them something that will be temporary kind of fix, but it's, it's not actually really dealing with why they do things. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously this is a big part of our world. And so yeah. I think sometimes we can forget just how amazing it is. Not forget, but this is profound. Like, this yeah. completely changed my life. It changed your life. A hundred percent, yeah. And it sounds like, you know, when people say, like, oh, this changed my life, people can think it sounds a little bit strange from the outside. But mm. once you've experienced it, and I think the real word that comes to mind from everything you're teaching is empowerment. Like, you're yeah. empowering people with information about how to run their mind, body, and soul and get results in life. Yeah, and also then to transform their life. So Mm -hmm. one of the things with hypnosis is trance, but I I believe that the more you form new trances in your mind, so you change your belief system, you change things, the outside world changes as well. Yeah. Um, Like for me personally, I was afraid of everything in the outside world. I basically couldn't leave my bedroom. I couldn't leave my house um, and couldn't be around people and I had to run through shopping centers and stuff like that. So that's what I got to. But now I go to different places all around the world and, you know, I'm fine. I teach groups of people I don't even know and talk about anything and I'm fine. So this is what's possible. And I like the fact that I've experienced that. I know I can share that with people. I was just thinking that I haven't really explained what hypnosis is that well, even though I've mentioned a couple of little things. I think we opened a bit of a loop. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's, um, let me give you just a basic idea, um, about some of the ideas behind hypnosis. Originally it went through a lot of different names like mesmerism and like I talked about some of the shamans and things from the past used to use things like hypnosis or the ideas behind hypnosis where they would point a bone at someone and put a curse on them and the person would die. Even though, you know, there was no real inherent power in that, it's the belief system of the tribe. So early in the early days, hypnosis was known as monoideism, where you'd have all your attention on one idea, which would then give it power. So the way to think of it is like your mind can be either like a sprinkler and it just, you know, water hits everything and it doesn't really do anything, or it can be like a laser, right? And if you have a water that's so focused, it can actually cut diamond, right? So the same thing with your mind. Your mind can achieve a lot if it's directed, it's concentration. And the more concentration you have, the more power you have on a specific thought. So hypnosis really allows you to do that. So, you know, I think a lot of people struggle from having that sprinkler mind at the moment and being able to... You know, when you say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym to actually do it, or when you say to yourself, I've had enough of this and you stop, that's you're actually making better suggestions to yourself and you're actually steering and controlling your mind. So an example I like to give to my students is, imagine your conscious mind is like the ship captain, okay? And you remember those old school clipper ships where they have like a crow's nest on the top and the captain would sit up there and yell instructions to the crew? So your unconscious mind is like the crew and the boat and even the waves and everything around. Over time the captain will be yelling things down to the crew and as they listen, they'll, they'll start to learn to pay, pay attention or not to pay attention. So the captain may have said, you know, I want this and the crew had gone there, the boat had gone there and if they've had a bad experience with that in the past, they may be a bit wary of that. So it could be like things like relationships or things with money or things with, uh, you know, health or whatever. And so over time, the crew starts being a bit wary of sometimes the captain's instructions and sometimes the captain doesn't give clear instructions. The captain might yell out, don't go there and the crew only hears go there because the unconscious mind doesn't process a negative. So the unconscious mind goes where they think the captain wants them to go, but they have a bad experience. So over time and over your life, the crew and the captain aren't really listening to each other anymore. And there's so many negative sort of experiences and triggers in the past that, you know, the crew doesn't know when to pay attention and the captain doesn't know what to say to the crew. So everything kind of goes chaos. 
But with hypnosis, what I say is we take our captain from, like, instead of being a ship captain, like how most people should be, they have a shit crapton where they basically aren't giving clear instructions, the crew isn't really listening. So basically what we're doing is making your unconscious and conscious mind go back into alignment and have good sort of rapport and also congruency. So when you say, I'm doing this, you, you give clear instructions and the crew listens and does it and they know what you want. Because, you know, through life, everything gets mixed signals and that's what we really want to do. And a lot of people don't realize the power of their signals. They'll say things like, oh, I don't want to be in a uh, work situation like that where this and this happens. But what they're saying is to their crew is, I want that, go towards that. And so, you know, they might say things like, oh, I don't want to be overweight and I don't want to feel that way or I don't want to have that, you know, um, be broke or I don't want to be this. But they're giving the wrong instructions to their crew. So basically being aware of the power of every word you say and how you, you're steering your mind and focusing on what you want and, and doing that is a real powerful form of self-hypnosis. And it's pretty much the most powerful thing you can do in life. 100%, I mean, we're yeah. living life every single day. We have, what is it, 86,000 seconds every single day that we never get back. And if mm. we're sprinkling everywhere and sending mixed messages to our, what is it, shit crapton. Your know, well, shit, shit crapton <laughs> is, is doing the bad suggestions to the crew, yeah. Well, you know, it's so empowering and I'm glad that we've finally been able to have this conversation and, you know, I think for anyone listening, if you want more information, definitely come along to the event on the Sunday, the 11th of August, if you're in Adelaide. If you're interstate, uh, you know, reach out. I'll pop Paul's details on the web link as well. And, you know, for people listening that want to know more, is there anything that you can send them? Like, could, could we send them maybe a recording, a relaxation? Yeah, or well, we can definitely give you guys... Uh, one thing I want to do with the workshop is record some of the, the things in it. So you could... So get, there'll be some stuff on your website yeah, in the coming and, months? Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. reach out on Facebook or Instagram and also um, on my website and just uh, we'll see if we can find a way to make it easy for you guys and then keep in contact and we'll get you some stuff eventually. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> watch this space i'm sure i'll be interviewing paul again because there's a lot of other things that i want to share with you guys from his amazing mind and you know obviously i'm a bit biased but i think you're incredible and the yeah. work that you do is amazing and it's changed my life and you know changing the world as well and then everyone's lives that i'm changing as, as a result so mm. it's really powerful um so the people listening like what would be one action or one activity or what's one practical to do that they could do today to help them to become more in control of their mind and body i think like just what i said before just being really clear on what you want and focusing on that and even writing it down because a lot of people think they know what they want but they basically when you look at it tell you what they don't want so if you write down like perfect example from clients this is not made up scenario this is a real life kind of thing that people say i don't want to be overweight i don't want to feel terrible i don't want to look the way i do anymore that sounds like you're saying what you want, but you're actually not. If you look at it, it's, I don't want this, I don't want that, that. And the main things that you said was overweight, feel terrible, and look like that anymore. Uh, and this is soft language compared to what some people have, have said to me. Um, so that's, if you, if you were imagining giving those instructions and you took away all the negations or like the nots or shouldn'ts and whatever, all you would have is overweight, look like that, and feel like that, right? And that's not what you want, okay? So being clear on, okay, so what do you want? And writing that down and getting a clear image of that and really you know knowing what that would be like so what would it look like to have the body that you want what would it feel like to have the body you want and what do you actually want to do clear instructions one of my favorite things is people say oh i don't want to go home and eat the tim tams so you know they imagine going home and 
eating tin tans but then taking it away and whenever you do that to your mind it kind of makes you want it more so what do you want to do instead you want to go home and you want to have a healthy meal and feel fantastic about it so just being really clear on those things and you'll notice a huge change in how you feel you know focus on actually giving clear instructions perfect and yeah something that i talk about pretty much every single week focus on what you want be crystal clear with that and yeah it just makes life so much easier so Thank you so much for your wisdom and your story. Is there anything else that you want to add? No, I just thank you for having me on. I know it's been a while. We've talked about it for ages, but haven't actually done it. So it's really nice to yeah, be we here. Yeah, we just don't see each other. Yeah, so we, it's hard we to never make see each time. other. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's it. Sometimes, you know, you, you got to, things that are right in front of you, sometimes you forget about, which is always the, the paradox of life. But thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And hopefully everyone's got something from this. And I look forward to talking to you guys and seeing you at trainings in the future. Thank you. That's this week's episode from Relaunch My Life Radio, live from Australia. Visit us at relaunchmyliferadio.com for more. And remember, it's never too late to relaunch your life.